0: Okay, if you've got your Bible, uh, the last few um, months I've been stuck in Ephesians. Not stuck, stuck, but I just keep reading Ephesians. Uh, there's something in, in Ephesians. So, if you've got your Bible, if you can turn to Ephesians one. I, I just, I did just put a note here: marriage course. Um, I've um, signed Eleanor up for the marriage course, you know, because I feel it would be a good uh, help for her. <laughs> and I might just tag along. <laughs> Never know, there might be something. Hey, look. Can I really encourage you? I do feel marriages are under attack, and we really had a burden to, to go. And we said, oh, we haven't had enough time to run up to it and all that, but I just got this burden that that marriages and, – and, look, I, I see it like a warrant of fitness. You, you take your car in for a warrant of fitness, and you think it's going to pass. And then they just say, oh, there's a back, um, back brake light that's not going, that you weren't – Aware of because you sat in the car and you never got out to have a look at your back light, and so just that little thing—it's not hard. It just gets tweaked. You put a bulb in there, and now uh, you, you've suddenly you're safer. But if you don't fix it, then something could go into the back of your car, and that would be terrible. And so I think it's the same in our marriages sometimes. There's just little things that just need a little bit of a tweak, and uh, you go on one of these courses and, and you know uh, God shows you some stuff and you go, "Man, uh, if I just get that right, and, and it matters for the next five, 10, 15 years. And uh, so can I encourage you? We'll be there because I need to be there) <laughs> And you all know that's the truth, don't you? Okay, Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Like, that's huge. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. Verse 4, And even before he made the world, God loved us. And chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Isn't that amazing? Without fault. Do you feel like you're without fault in God's eyes? You know, sometimes the enemy keeps telling you you've still got some things. But in God's eyes, you are without fault. Like, that's phenomenal. There's no fault and it's he's chosen you. I love the fact that I'm personally chosen. Now, I'm not, I don't know, uh, I'm not a, a, a big theo, theologian on Calvinism and, and all that sort of where it fits, but I do know that God's chosen you, and he's chosen you and me. And in verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Verse 6, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Let's never underestimate how amazing and how awesome that is and how free that makes us uh, and allows us to be. Uh, verse 8, He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom And understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fill fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. That's that's good news, isn't it? Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. You know, when I read this, uh, it, it it jumped out at me because I sort of in my mind had always felt that the inheritance we are going to get is in the future. Oh, that's when I go to heaven. Or that's when when God's going to give us our inheritance. But according to this, you have your inheritance now. Like, that's a different way to live. Uh, I was looking for illustrations to try and illustrate it, but it's like you've got a million dollars in your bank account. Imagine having a million dollars in your bank account, but you never use it. You just leave it there and carry on struggling through life. Like, like, like they'd be nuts, wouldn't it? How many people could do with a million dollars in their bank account? Oh, how many don't need a million dollars? I just want to have a look. <laughs> like th- this is what it's saying: you've received your inheritance. You've received everything you need for God right now shouldn't that change the way we live? Shouldn't we live with confidence going we've got all authority in heaven and on earth because it's in Christ, but we stand here with it. And, you know, so often I don't think we, we live that way. In our prayers, prayer life, do we pray with that authority and that power expecting to see things happen? God's purpose Okay, sorry, let's go back to that. Furthermore, because we are not in Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for He chose us, again, He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work out according to His plan. There's two scriptures on God works everything out according to His plan. And I love that. So do you know that right now, you are exactly in the right place in His plan? Can you relax in that? You go, whoa. Now, I know some things might not be exactly like we want them, but you're in the right place, in the right plan. Verse 12, God's purpose was that we Jews who were first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised. He's the guarantee of the inheritance we have. And that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify Him. A few weeks ago, I think I was out here, and I just I just had an uh, increased revelation on, you know, we sing this song, the whole world will be full of His glory. What does that mean? Well, that's that you and I, when we're full of, our, of His glory, that's, that's the world. So the whole world is people all over the world glorifying God. And then the whole world will be full of His glory within us. Uh, so... Uh, Today, I'm I'm sort of going to go a little bit all over the place in a sense that, uh, you know, we had Increase, and at Increase, we had uh, Pastor John Pierce, and we had Vicki. For me, it was a sort of an apostle and a prophet combination. And I don't know if you remember, about three years ago, we had Pastor Luca, uh, and uh, I think it was Pastor Mike Connell, and I felt that was an apostolic and a, a prophetic combination, and, um, and then earlier this year in Tauranga, we had Pastor Luca, and um, he gave a couple of pretty full-on prophetic words. Now, normally for me, prophetic words, I just, I just put them on the side. I really just go, thank you, God, that's really cool. It should just confirm anything that I already know. And what I don't know, I'll just, I'll just put it there, and, and let's see what, what happens. And um, I sort of... Uh, I suppose as a church, I, I let people know that when, when Eleanor and I get prophesied over, it's a prophecy over the church. Whoever the pastor is leading a church, when they get prophesied, it's a prophecy, I believe, for the church. And, you know, look, if if, you know, if Eleanor and I were, to, I don't know, in a car crash tomorrow, that prophecy would still stand as the next person came in and stood in the, the gap, whoever the next person is you know, there are some things that were prophesied over my father leading the church. There are some things that have been prophesied over Pastor Phil Collis, who is, is now in heaven, that I inherit at the moment as the leader of the church. But they're over the church. They're not over me in a sense personally. There is some personal responsibility uh, like we all have, but it's, it's a, a word for the church. And so, um, with this uh, prophecy, I, I pray, suppose for me, i see you. Thanks for coming. Come again. Have a good time. Very cute. Very cute. Um, so, you know, look, and, and partly the, the prophetic word that we got from Vicky confirmed a whole lot of things that Pastor Luca had said, and they didn't even know. And um, I thought, okay, I've had lots of people go, so what do we do now? We've had as a church these prophetic words. What do we do? And um, <laughs> I don't know exactly. But I thought I'd just tell you some of the things that God's been showing me and telling me. And um, I, I think for me, uh, it's, like, it's like God's given us bits and pieces. Everybody here has a piece of the puzzle for C3 City Church. And it's like we're doing a wads jig. How many people know what a was jig is? It's one of those jigsaws that the only picture you've got is from one direction. It's sort of from, it's the, it's the picture from behind. But you see, God's got the picture from in front. And we've got this pieces, you know, some in this room have 100 pieces, some of them have 10, some of them have 1,000. And we've all got these pieces and we're going, okay, now we've got to put them together. But we're not that sure exactly on what the picture looks like. So it's a a stepping with, with faith. And man, that time has gone so quick. So... I'm going to get rid of notes so that we can just go. So, so one of the things that, that Pastor Luca, when he spoke to and prophesied over us in in May, uh, afterwards, Eleanor and I were in our office, and he said, "Look, I've just got some things I want to share with you." And he drew this picture, and I think that picture's there. I've redrawn. This is my artistic ability. <laughs> okay. So, one of his in his prophetic word to the church, he talked about seven mountains. Uh, Vic, Vicky, in her talk to the church, talked about a wheel with seven spokes, and they were very, like, hugely similar. But what Lucas said to me, he said, he drew the line, and then up to the bit there that goes like that, and he says, the line there going down is the 7th of May, 2023, which was for him today. He said, right there. And he said, everything that's happened up until that line, is totally in God's timing, It's totally right. People, where they've come, what they're doing, is totally in the right place. But he said on the the 7th of May, everything changes. And he was very adamant to to us to say, everything from here changes. And so in the last three months, I've been going, everything, in a sense, in our church is up for grabs. In a sense that we've got to relook at everything. Everything. And, and it's like, it's a, it's a cool experience. I feel as a church, you know, we've been on a journey and we've got to this point here and, and it's, and it's what, what we're calling Transition Road because he put the dot, dot, dot and then he put the seven, seven mountains. That's my mountain there. And he said, you're in transition as a church. Again, we're not totally sure, clear of the picture, it's a little bit like in 1 Corinthians 13. You sort of see as through a sort of a shape through the mirror. And that's what prophetic words are. You sort of get a bit of a picture, but you don't get 100% clarity. You've got to walk in that and, and take a step. And so there's a couple of things that I go are really, really important in this season. Number one, we've all got to exercise discernment, you've got to discern. God wants you to be someone who discerns. And what we've got to discern is, first of all, we've got to discern what we ourselves are saying. You know, a lot of times we just, uh, I've I've had this sort of thing that a lot of us sometimes say too much. (laughs) Sometimes we just talk too much. And at the moment, God's saying, it's time you just stop talking for a little while and listen. When I had my encounter about uh, three years ago, Uh, I had this overwhelming love for people, but I had this real sense that I needed to listen more and listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, the problem is, well, not the problem, but the hard thing is, is that we all know, and you've heard me talk about it before, that Peter hears from God and has a revelation that says, you know, Jesus says, who am I? And he goes, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus says to him, man, heaven, like God's revealed that to you. You haven't got that yourself. That's from God. And Peter's all... You know, man, I can hear from God. Wow, that's amazing. And then about half an hour later, you know, Jesus is talking about going to the cross and and Peter goes, Jesus, and he takes Jesus aside. He's got a bit of confidence, old Peter. This is wrong, Jesus. You've got it wrong. And Jesus sort of says, get behind me, Satan. Like that's pretty, that's pretty out there. Um, And so we can see that Peter Sometimes he is right, and it's from God, and sometimes doesn't. And we've all got to be people that discern. So we've all got to listen, so not speak as much. But there is some of us in the room that actually need to speak more. So there's some that need to stop, stop talking and just listen, but there's some of us that our voice needs to be heard. Because we're hearing from God, and we've so we've got to get this discernment, and we've got to be open to letting people discern. I have not got the whole picture of what the church looks like. I've got some glimpses. Uh, one of the ones I've, I've had recently is that I felt that a lot of men spiritually are sitting. What do I mean by that? They're sitting. They're not, they're not engaging. They've actually a lot of times left it to their wife to do the spiritual warfare. And that men need to sit up, and well, sit up, but then stand up and pray more. And I mean, that's a challenge. Because sometimes we go, oh, I'll just leave it to my wife. And, and again, I had this other thing. Half the reason that teenage boys don't listen to their mothers is because the husband doesn't listen to his wife. <laughs> Ruth turned around and looked way over there at Sean. "That is naughty. That is so naughty." We've got to be listening to each other, but we've got to be standing. And so my last illustration is, uh, is about about 18 months ago, uh, during lockdown, uh, I was sitting in my lounge watching a, a movie. It was about 12 o'clock at night, uh, and I was just getting to the end of my movie, and I hear my garage door go up. And uh, at that stage, we had a room in the garage. We've got rid of it now, but we had a room in the garage. And Andre, my youngest son, was sleeping in, out in the, in the garage, basically. It was because he had drums, and it was good for them to be out of that f- part of the house. And so he's in the garage. And so I hear the, the garage door go up. And like, look, if you've got teenagers, and especially boys, you just go, oh, you know, I wonder what they're up to. <laughs> and I just sat there. I didn't, I didn't do it. I just carried on watching my movie. About 10 minutes later, Andre comes running into the house going, Dad, Dad, there's somebody in the house. I go, oh, okay. Let's go find them. So I get up and, and run, out, run out into the garage, and, and I'm looking around, and, and he, he tells me that he said, Dad, I was lying in bed, and I could hear somebody getting into a car. And he said, I just thought it was the neighbor, I just thought it was the neighbor, but I was listening there and there was two of them, they were rummaging around. And he said, and then the garage door went up and he said, I froze. And he said, I I think he said he got out of bed and found his machete, which I didn't think was a great idea. (laughs) But anyhow, he he said, I was lying in bed and and, and that. He said, I heard them with their light and I could see this light. He he had a, and his uh, door was a window, so he could see the light coming in and they, they walked around and then they went. And they left, and that's when he came running into the to the room. So, of course, we rang the police, and they said we're too busy. Um, and uh, then rang me back about five minutes later and said, "Oh, we're sending the guy, the police guy with the dog, and he's going to see if he can f- find this, you know, these guys." And I thought, "Oh, you okay?" It was twenty minutes. So I thought, "Oh, yeah, good luck." And by the time he got there, it was about half an hour, forty minutes later. And the the guy came and he said, "Look, I'll just go up and down the street and I'll see what I can find." He came back about 20 minutes. He said, I found them. So the, so the dog picked up the scent half an hour later, chased him. He found them sitting in the car. They took off. So he rang ahead, and the police did a big chase on this guy. Um, they crashed the car. One got away, and they, uh, they caught, caught the other. And so, you know, there was a bit of excitement for the night. The moral of the story, though, is I was sitting on the couch, and I heard, I heard something but I was too lazy I didn't get up. And spiritually, I think we've got to be careful in our houses and in our city. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and going, "Hey, there's something here," then we need to stand up. And I am going to say to the men, we need to stand up and fight that in our homes, it's the it's got the you know that there's nothing in a sense, evil within our home, that we fight for our homes to be a place where, where God has authority. If there's things happening to our children or to our family that we fight spiritually, that maybe we fast and pray, that maybe we get up early and say, right, I'm gonna pray this through. Maybe we walk around our house at times and pray, but we've gotta stand and fight spiritually. If we don't, we just let the enemy come in and do whatever he likes. It's the same also in our church. We've got to stand and fight. There are two ways the enemy will take us out. The first way is that he will get us offended. That's, that's the biggest way he gets people out of, out, of, out of church, is they get offended. And so we've all got to guard our hearts and be full of grace and love. You know, love co- co- um, covers a multitude of sins. We love the grace that God gives to us. Yet we're sometimes, we're so hard at giving the grace to everybody else around us. We've got to, you know, the church needs to increase in its levels of grace and forgiveness for people. And so we've got to watch we don't get offended. And then I just feel we've just got to be spiritually aware. The enemy will get in by us becoming lazy, that we just think it's going to be all right It's never happened before. Uh, If you were at Increase on the Sunday night, we had a person come in and jump on the stage and do a pretty good backwards flip. And it was pretty exciting what happened. But again, for me, it was a wake-up call that the enemy wants to get in and distract us. Now what for whatever reason, uh, he came in? Uh, you know, in some ways it's good that he attracted to the church, but on the other hand, it was the enemy trying to distract and take away. You know Some people, that's all they've talked about, and I go, "Well, that was just a side thing. What God did in our, in our increased conference was, was way more important. We should probably talk about that as much as we talk about uh, what happened. Uh, but it just again, for me, is, hey, we've just got to pray that the enemy it's never happened before. Like in in my time, church church has always been very, very safe. And, And so we've got to keep praying spiritually. So let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit in this place. And, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we know that you are going to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ask and think. And so, Father, first of all, I pray that each of us would hear you. Lord, that our what's so amazing and that through Christ we don't need a priest we can hear from God ourselves for our own situations for the for the things that we're doing so Lord I pray that we'd be hearing your spirit and open Lord I pray you'd increase our discernment Lord, we would have discernment to know when we need to push through on something. We, we would see. We wouldn't be unaware of the enemy's devices and the enemy's tricks that he's trying to do to stop us doing what you called us to do. And, Lord, I pray that we would walk in that inheritance. Walk in all that you've got for us. Lord, we have uh, authority in heavenly realms because of you, Christ within us. Lord, because of what you've done. And so, Father, I pray you'd help us to walk in it. Every day, we ask in Jesus' name, amen.